IABC Ottawa presents The Voice. The Voice offers expert insights and practical takeaways for people in the marketing communications industry. We're sharing the latest ideas and issues with sector professionals. What can we do to help you take your career to the next level? Hi, I'm Sherilyn Starkey, and this is The Voice. Hi, so it's a bit of an unusual podcast today because I'm not at an event anywhere and I'm not speaking to a recent, well, actually I am speaking to a recent Silverleaf Award winner, which is <laughs> which is what I often do. But I'm sitting here today having a conversation with a, my colleague that I've been very proud to say is a colleague of mine for the last six years, founder of my firm, Mr. Terry Fallis. Welcome, Terry. Thank you, Sherilyn. Nice to be here. So uh, the reason I invited Terry on the show today is because having worked with him these past six years, I've watched him juggle these these kind of two worlds, the literary world and the agency world. And I've had the privilege of observing up close and, and firsthand how the two aspects of your professional life kind of influence each other. And I've read most of your novels. And, uh, you know, we can see time and again, where you bring kind of your PR career or your political career into your storylines. So I wanted to just talk to you a little bit about how you bridge the gap between your two careers. Can we start talking about that? Sure. So just finished reading your most recent novel, A uh, One Brother Shy, and couldn't help but notice some pretty <laughs> strong themes in there around public consultation, public engagement. And, you know, that's something that we spend a lot of our time uh, working on here at Thornley Fallis. So talk to me a little bit about that. How did uh, how did you come up with the, this kind of storyline for your latest novel? Well, really, it's the decision to have one of the companies in the novel be a digital public engagement company is really rooted in my laziness. <laughs> I had to have uh, I had to have a company, a startup, in a way. And rather than researching something that I didn't know anything about, I thought, well, I'll just make it a company that I'm quite familiar with, mm-hmm. uh, which is. You know, we're doing an awful lot of digital public engagement in our own firm, so I've come to understand that world a little bit and to know the principles that support it and the theory behind it and the best practices that govern it. And I thought rather than doing research on something I don't really know, I'm just going to use our own our own company in a way without mentioning the company, obviously. And it worked very well in the novel. It fit with what I needed. It's not central to the story, but mm. it, it is presented, I hope, with enough authenticity that it feels real because mm. frankly it is real uh, so that made it easy so i'm i'm borrowing to save myself pain and effort and research that might be required were i to write about something else so in your previous novel uh, pulls apart your main character there is, starts a blog that goes viral uh, overnight almost and that storyline i'm assuming comes from how we've learned uh, and we help our clients with blogging is it, do you think that's that's an adequate description. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I it was easy for me to write about uh, someone writing a blog. I've been blogging since two thousand and six, I guess. I, I needed something that would all of a sudden 
almost in an overnight way turn this anonymous blogger famous and that couldn't have happened uh, I don't think other than through the digital world and through some kind of a blog that is stumbled upon by a famous television talk show host in the novel so I, I could write about that I could write about how he supported the blog I could write about the social media elements that he introduced to advance the blog all of which was just second nature because it's kind of the sort of thing we do mm-hmm. around here but i'm i'm hoping that when readers read it in the novel they're not thinking hey i'm i'm being sold something on social media here they're they just read it as a story but it adds such i hope authenticity to the story Mm -hmm. that it feels real and relevance and relevance Mm -hmm. and timeliness it's Mm -hmm. very topical and and current but it was your knowledge of social media that helped launch your career as a novelist. Good segue. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. Well, when I wrote my first manuscript back in, uh, in 2006, it was a satirical novel of Canadian politics called The Best Laid Plans. Nobody in their right mind would have chosen to write a satirical novel of Canadian politics if they <laughs> really wanted to be published. But I was very naive. I didn't know really what I was doing. I just thought I ought to write about something that I knew about. And having coming out of that world uh, of politics and having developed some views on how we might practice politics more effectively in this country than we currently do, you know, I, I wrote this this funny novel about it. And, of course, after a year of sending out the manuscript to literary agents and publishers across the country, I got zero response. I didn't even get an automated rejection letter from anyone. So Crickets. Exactly. It was crickets. And I thought, okay, well, what am I going to do? And I thought, if I were advising myself as a client, how would I get this novel out there? And I thought, well, I could self-publish it, which is what I ended up doing. But if I self-publish it nobody's going to know about it except for my immediate family and maybe not all of them. So I knew I'd have to build an audience for it on my own. And I decided to, in a way, I I sort of based it on Chris Anderson's book. I think it's just called Free. And it's the notion of if you give stuff away for free online, it will come back to you in, in other ways. So I podcast the novel in its entirety, chapter by chapter, and gave it away for free on my blog and on iTunes and other podcast directories, just as a grand experiment in this emerging world of social media, which it was back then. This is 2007. Way, way ahead of the curve. Right? <laughs> well, yes, ahead of the curve or just a really terrible idea, but it, I don't think it was. I thought it worked out very well. Mm-hmm. I did build an audience around it. It was frankly, the positive response I got from the podcast that gave me the resolve to go ahead and, and self-publish the novel because mm-hmm. you know I didn't believe the positive comments I got from my wife and my brother and my mm-hmm. sister-in-law because they're family and they love me. Mm-hmm. But it was comments I got from people who didn't know me living in all corners of the globe that uh, that said, well, maybe I actually have written something here that might be worth someone's time. On the strength of the podcast comments, I, I self-published it, which really uh, started my my literary life. And so um, mainstream publishers took note and then republished it. Well, they they took note largely because uh, it wasn't so much because I had a big podcast following. It was it was more because that self-published novel won uh, a literary award here in Canada that has some prominence and that's what led to me getting a, a publisher and an agent. 
but they seem to support the social media efforts and have allowed me to continue podcasting my novels, which I have number six. This is my sixth novel. It's the podcast is fully up now, so all six of my novels are there as free downloads mm. on on iTunes and and my blog. Uh, so I think they see the value in it. And the theory is that we will sell more books if the podcast is free. They listen to it. They like it. Then maybe they don't buy a copy for themselves because they've just listened to it, but they like the novel, so they'll buy a copy for their father for Father's Day or their mother for Christmas or whatever it might be. Yes. And that's, at least anecdotally, the evidence bears out that theory. So this is how we've talked about how your um, PR career has influenced your um, career as, a, as an award-winning novelist. What about vice versa? How has being a novelist impacted your career in PR? Good question. And I think it has. Uh, I think those of us who have been in communications for a long time recognize the power of storytelling uh, to serve our clients' needs, whether it's to move a product or move somebody's mind to persuade them to do something. Storytelling, I think innately we've known that it's been central to our ability to do that successfully. What we didn't know back in those old days was the, the role that neuroscience and our brain plays in that. And, and neuroscientists have now given us the scientific justification for the belief in the power of storytelling. And we have now shown that... Our brains are hardwired for storytelling, that we index information in our brains for future retrieval, not as data point, not as a factoid or facts, not even as key messages or the way we used to write key messages. We store them as stories and we retain them longer and they penetrate more deeply into our consciousness if we present that information in the form of a story. So certainly my literary life, where I've written six novels and I'm working on a seventh, I think has helped me understand how to tell stories better, which in turn has translated into my day job, where storytelling remains central to our success uh, and I think I think I can do that better now because I've written these six novels than I could before good answer long answer no no good answer just wind me up and let me go <laughs> okay <laughs> I know that you're out right now promoting One Brother Shy and, and working hard and to attending literary festivals and meeting your fans and, and doing public readings you seem incredibly busy how do you like from a personal perspective how do you manage running the Toronto office of a busy PR agency and uh, handling all your uh, public appearances and and you've just said you st you've already started work on your seventh novel like that's that's an incredible workload well largely it's because I don't really run the Toronto office you run the Toronto <laughs> office <laughs> um, I do a lot of client work and new business development and that kind of thing but you know my writing life I, I do keep it sort of compartmentalized but it, it is busy and uh, as a good PR person, I know that getting out there and doing talks about the book, getting in front of people, reading from it, answering questions, and doing so in a way that that the audience finds interesting and amusing and comp even compelling, that's really important. And a lot of writers don't like that part of the business, but it's central to a writer's a successful writer's life in, in this day and age. And I could never have done that part of it had I not spent almost a 30-year career in the agency world that had me 
every several days or so in front of a client, talking publicly, trying to be persuasive, not always feeling as confident inside as I may have been sounding Mm. to the client. Uh, And that ability to stand up and to connect with people and to tell stories, to be persuasive, I attribute my any modest ability I have at that in my in my literary life. I attribute that to my uh, career in the agency world that has had me doing that every few days with clients and new business prospects. Uh, So I'm very lucky in a way because I'm, I think, one of those writers who can do both sides of it. I can write it and then I can go and promote it, Mm. put on my my PR hat Mm. and be persuasive. And lots of writers don't like to leave their their garret up in the attic where they write. They don't relish the thought of going on the road and talking to readers. To me, it's a bit of a reward for all the isolation (laughs) one has to to, uh, endure. When you're writing the novel, then I'm sort of released from that and I can go out and talk about it. So I like both sides of that coin, but most writers, or many writers at least, only like the writing part. And I think that's been very helpful to to my literary life. Well... Thank you very much, Terry, award-winning novelist and an award-winning PR guy. Terry's recently won the Silver Leaf and the Ottawa Bronze Quill and the Toronto Ovation Award for a project that he works on with Metrolinx here in Toronto. So more awards to put on, on the shelf here in the uh, Toronto office. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I think of it as an award for the firm. <laughs> I had but a modest role in it. But thank you. Thank you once again, Terry Follis, award-winning novelist and founder of my firm, Thorny Follis Communications. Congratulations on the launch of your new book, A One Brother Shy. As I mentioned, I read it and I loved it, and I certainly recommend it to uh, anyone who is who works in the communications profession. Uh, there's a lot of lessons to be learned within it from a professional development point of view, and also it's a it's a darn good read. So thanks again, Terry, for joining me on this podcast. I appreciate your time. So that they say is a wrap. This is the last episode of IABC's The Voice for the 16-17 IAB season. It's been my pleasure to be your host over these past several months and to collaborate with my colleagues, Tina Barton and Angela Procopia. Thank you, ladies, for your contributions to developing this podcast this past season. I'd especially like to thank Tina Barton, who has volunteered for the production of this podcast for the past several years now. She's been an anchor on the podcasting volunteers team and she has created and delivered some fantastic programming to the benefit of all our listeners the whole community thank you very much tina and we wish you well in future angela and i'll be back in the autumn for the kickoff of the next season season 1718 from iebc ottawa's the voice i'm sherry lynn starkey And we'll see you in September. The Voice podcast is published by IABC Ottawa for marketers, communicators, and creative advertisers everywhere. We'd like to thank Amanda Speroni from Thornley Falls Communications, our sponsor. Amanda is our producer. I am Sherry Lynn Starkey, your host. I'm the past president of IABC Ottawa, and I'm the current president of Thornley Falls Communications with offices in Ottawa and Toronto. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Sherry Lynn Starkey, or at Twitter, at Sherry Lynn, or reach out to IABC at IABC Ottawa on Twitter. Thank you for listening, and please watch for future episodes of The Voice from IABC Ottawa. Mm-hmm.